What is our question? <laughs> Why does God answer some prayers and not others? Well, Karen, <laughs> why? Oh, that we had all the answers. Um, there have obviously been so many uh, books written on prayer and uh, spiritual di- the spiritual discipline of prayer. And I think this is the age-old question. If I'm a good, faithful Christian, doesn't God hear the prayers of the righteous? Why can't my prayers be answered according to my will? Um, I think this is a really loaded question. Um, I believe that God does. I love loaded questions. <laughs> They're <laughs> I my <laughs> favorite. <laughs> I believe God hears all our prayers. And um, I used to say God answers all our prayers, just not in the way perhaps we would like them to be answered or according to our timeline. Now I'm kind of of the uh, persuasion that perhaps God intentionally doesn't answer mm. uh, some of our our prayers because perhaps it's not what's best for us. Perhaps we need to um, kind of marinate in the ambiguity that might draw us closer to God. Um, that we wrestle with our own ability to, um, I'd say, change things. But uh, depending on what's going on in our life, sometimes we're closer to God than others. I mean, God doesn't move, but sometimes in our spiritual walk, we are closer to God than at other times. And so our motives, our heart at any given time, perhaps that has something to do with if God is willing to answer that prayer because of where we are spiritually. You can make a case based on Scripture for any of those positions. So it's hard for me to definitively say, this is how God works, because I believe God works in all of those ways. Well, with that intro, (laughs) welcome to the Life Plus God podcast. My name is Alyssa Robinson. I'm your host. And as you just heard, I'm here with Reverend Karen Kraska, and and we're hitting that question, why does God answer some prayers and not others? So we're going to kind of have a conversation about like, hey, why do we pray in the first place? What does the Bible have to say about it? You mentioned like, hey, you can use Bible, uh, the Bible to reinforce any argument that you have about prayer and how God re- responds or reacts to our Absolutely. prayers. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna dig into all of that today. And Karen, I'm so excited to have you. You're so good with these questions. <laughs> like, I uh, love this kind of stuff because it makes my head swell, and I like to think, okay, well, what about this? Well, then what about this? And then I can think of scriptures like, you know, ask, seek, knock. Okay, well, I'm going to ask. So then I kind of expect if I ask, you're going to give me what we want, what I want. Uh, There's just so many complexities. And again, we're trying to discern God's heart, God's will. And I know people on any side of the spectrum on prayer that can absolutely convince me of of a position, and then on my own personal experience and reading of the scripture can tell me, oh, well, maybe that's not true in every case. Mm. Well, well, let's start with some of the conversations you've had with other people. What are some of the helpful or unhelpful answers you've heard to this question of like, hey, why isn't God answering my prayers? 
Well, I think probably the most harmful um, kind of theological position on prayer that I have heard is if you're not good enough, if you're not right enough with God, then your sin is blocking you from the abundant blessings that God has for you, that basically you need to be right with God in order to have your prayers heard and answered. Um, I believe that God hears all of our prayers. God knows what we want before we ask. God knows our heart. And are there impediments to prayer? Absolutely. I believe that. I've experienced that in my life. But I don't think we have to be good enough for God to hear our prayers and respond. Mm -hmm. From the pit we can cry out, from the depth of our sin, Um so I think that that's a harmful position to act like you have to be a priest or a preacher or a saint or someone who's in the right, you know, standing to have your prayers answered. I've also heard a similar response, but a little bit of a different take is it's not because of your sin. It's because of your lack of sincerity mm, of like, right. if you're not genuine enough in your prayers to God, then God doesn't respond because God wants you to bring your most vulnerable self. And then I'm like, oh, well, then I'm like analyzing in my right. head, like, oh my gosh, was I not vulnerable enough? Was I not genuine enough? Like what, what was it that I was doing wrong in my prayers that God is reading? that I'm not, you know, all I, there, all in. I think that probably comes from some passages in James, in the book of James, that talks about if you pray with a right and sincere heart. Yes, it's intention. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're praying with selfish motives, if you're praying for things that are not um, holy or godly or it's with an insincere heart or... Or it's selfish. Right. You know, you're praying for something that's about you and, mm -hmm. and like, but... I mean, there has to be a place for selfish prayers. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That That's the hard thing is some of the scriptures can kind of trip us up. Yes, but. But then in other cases, it's like, well, when we're broken, when our motives are pure, don't we need God even more to hear our prayers and help us, you know, um, right our wrongs, so to speak? Yeah. What are What are some of the helpful answers you've heard to why God answers some prayers and not others? Well, I, I think that um, we don't always know what's best for us. We don't always know what God's will is, and we can only see things from our particular perspective in a pers particular moment in time, whereas God has the big picture. And you think of the you know country song, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. Um, God, in God's infinite wisdom, sees the past, the present, and the future that we can't see. And sometimes I believe that God is working all things for our good. I believe that happens all the time. But I believe sometimes prayers aren't answered because what we're praying for might be the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. It might not be what's best for ourselves personally or for humanity. We don't see the big picture. And so I think that sometimes that seemingly unanswered prayer is really being answered. It's just not being answered um, 
perhaps in the way we want it in our time frame. Uh, and down the line, it's easy to kind of look back and see where God was working in a situation, answering prayers when we're in the in the belly of the well, so to speak, or in the eye of the storm, we cannot see that prayer being answered. Mm. What do you think, because I, I have a different perspective of that, but I think that it'll, my thoughts will align more with this next question. Um, what is the purpose of prayer? Why are we doing this in the first place? I believe there's a couple of answers to that. And my favorite is... Um, uh, only for the last, I don't know how many years, have I really started to think, you know, kind of ponder this. I believe when I was a child and a young adult, my idea of prayer was, it's for me. It's for me to have a conversation with God. Mm-hmm. It's for me to confess to God. It's for me to praise God. It's for me to ask God for things. And I really felt like prayer was just a conversation that I initiate. Now I'm becoming way more aware that converse that that prayer changes me. The person praying is changed because when I bring to mind a situation that that you know I want God to to move in no matter what the circumstance it causes me and forces me to think about my role in that situation. What's what's my part in this? I love the kind of the the cliche that God is not a holy vending machine. Mm-hmm. And when you have a request and you just shoot up a prayer, hey, God, I want you to do this. I want you to fix this. And we expect a tidy little package to come, you know, mm-hmm. popping out. Um, I think that really misses the point of prayer, Mm -hmm. that prayer is so much more than let me tell you, God, what I want or what I need you to do. And when I step back and um, just say I'm having a a conflict with another person, and and this is this is a real life example, and I'm just praying, God, you know, this is an icky situation. I can't believe, you know, this person is um, difficult, hard to work with, hard to be around. Open their eyes to the error of their ways. Exactly, Lord. (laughs) Um, And and I've had that that kind of prayer. How am I going to work with this person? How am I going to deal with this person, Lord? I need you to you know change their heart, change the, open their eyes, that kind of thing. And now I'm like, wait a minute, what's my part in this? Mm -hmm. Okay, God, help me to learn how to deal with this better. How could I be a better friend or wife or parent? How can I be a better, more faithful believer in this situation? God, what do you want me to do about it? Mm -hmm. I can't change them. If you choose to change them, great. But if you don't, God, help me be the best me I can be in this situation. And so now my understanding of prayer is, uh, I think a real primary function of prayer is that it changes the person who's praying. Mm. It changes my heart, my perspective, um, and and that's important. Well, and, and so my thought on that is similar to yours, Um, because as I was thinking about this question, why does God answer some prayers and not others? So 
this isn't really a question that resonates with me personally. And I'll say, and they're like, well, well why are you asking it? Well, because <laughs> it resonates with people on Google. Oh, well, there <laughs> People you go. are asking this question mm-hmm. and in different variations of like, why isn't God answering my prayers? And what are the specific words I need to pray mm-hmm. to heal somebody? Like all, they're looking and they're searching and it's out of desperation. Right. But in my, my thought is like, well, the purpose of pa- prayer is not to receive answers. Mm -hmm. That's not. And so asking why is God answering some prayers and not others? I just don't know if a prayer is something to be answered. Mm. Um, Because as I have progressed very slowly (laughs) in my prayer life, uh, I have a long way to go. One of the things that I've realized is that for me, Prayer is about connecting into the energy of Christ Mm -hmm. and realizing that we are all one. We Mm -hmm. are all connected. My, I am one with my enemy. I am one with my love. I am one with, you know, the entirety of the universe. And I think that that it's kind of, um, what you were saying about that self-awareness is when you're praying, and I'm not saying don't pray for things, don't pray for, you know, don't ask God questions, whatever it is. But I think that uh, it, that self-awareness of you're saying, Hey, my prayers are suddenly coming back to me and realizing like, what can I do to participate? What can I Mm -hmm. do to be a part of the solution is part of that realization of we are one. Um, we are all connected. And so I don't really understand the, uh, mysticism of that. Uh, but that's something I've started to lean into Mm -hmm. in my prayer life is not necessarily, um, asking God for anything. It's more, uh, just mantras like be with me. Right. And and things like a that. Centering kind yes, of, more yeah. of a centering prayer of like, um, help me get through this right. in whatever way. <laughs> right. It is less specific yeah. and yeah. more centered on God. Like you said, be with me, God, guide my heart, guide my steps, guide guide my thoughts. Yeah. That's important. That's it's important. that whole Jesus thing of mm-hmm. like, not my will, but your will. Right. But right. it's really difficult. And But we could also make Because we case, conflate our will with God's will. Sure. Exactly. Where does his will stop and mine start and yeah. how do they mix and merge? But I also, I don't want to discount because I hear that and I affirm that, but I do believe it's not bad to pray for things we mm-hmm. want, to pray for healing, to pray for miracles, to pray for others. I mean, I just got a text right before I walked up here that uh, someone who's in the music ministry has a migraine. So the first thing I think to respond to the text is, I'm so sorry, I'll say a prayer. So I did be with her as she struggles this day. Now, is God going to miraculously take the migraine away? I don't know. I hope that happens. But my prayer but is... But Excedrin might... <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So my prayer is just let her feel your presence, God. Help yeah. her through this. She's having to work today. And she's like, I won't be there tonight because I'm just trying to make it through my day till I can go home and pull the shades and go to bed. So I lift up a prayer because I believe that God will respond to that prayer, whether it's just to give her peace or comfort for her to know that I care and I'm taking you know, a moment to just say a prayer for her. I believe that God works in all of that. Now, if God chooses to just, I say the prayer and the next minute she doesn't have a headache, that'd be lovely. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't think God is less uh, capable of answering the prayer, whether the migraine lasts, you know, a day or or not. Um, but I do think that that's a response that is has value. So it sounds like you do believe that God answers prayers. Absolutely. Even though we're saying that's not the maybe the purpose All of the prayer. point of prayer. I think that's why I say I think there's so many levels. Yeah. I think absolutely I pray because I would like situations that are that are um hurtful, people that are suffering, mm. people that are in despair. When I pray on their behalf or on my own behalf, yeah, I really want God to answer this prayer, to end suffering, to end pain, to alleviate you know, situations that are bad. Does that always happen? No, mm. it doesn't. And it still doesn't dilute or I'm not going to stop doing it because I think God does answer prayer. I think miracles do happen. Now, where it gets sticky is how come he answers this and heals this person or eliminates this situation or two people praying in a storm and, you know, one gets struck by lightning, the other doesn't. Is is it because one is better than the other? No. Does God, you know, smite us, smite one person because, you know— two people are huddled in a closet in a tornado and one gets sucked away and they're like, oh, well, you know, God was with me and the other person, well, where was God with that person? Mm -hmm. I have a real problem with that um, because it does seem like, oh, well, um, it, it, not fair. Yeah. <laughs> but God never said, you know, life would be fair. Uh, I remember a particular case at another church when... Um, there was someone who lost her, her dad and uh, he was an older guy, but it was a freak accident and she would not come to church. She would not come back to church. And uh, her husband was participating in the ministry in the music ministry. And I said, where is, you know, your wife? I miss her. I, I participated in her dad's funeral. And he said, she won't come to church because she's mad at God. She will not come to church because she's mad at God. And, um, you know, I just remember that in my, it was early in my ministry, and I thought, you know, when when something bad happens to other people, you're not mad at God, <laughs> but when it's personal, then you're mad at God. And I'm not pointing my finger because I've had those same kinds of feelings. But it's like if if you're good enough, if you pray enough, if that shouldn't happen to me. Mm -hmm. So I think people's prayers in those kind of situations, um, it's very, we want simple answers. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, I, I prayed a lot for her that she would uh, kind of come to an, a piece about that. I think it was just grief, honestly, and just anger, that being a stage of grief, not perhaps really just, mad at God. Mm -hmm. I don't know kind of why I went out down that trail. It doesn't so much have to do with prayer, but you're something sparked that in my memory of, um, if I just pray enough, then everything should go well. And these mm -hmm. kind of things shouldn't happen to me. Yeah. And we know that they do to the most faithful. And, you know, we know that we're not as Christians exempt from yucky stuff happening, no matter how much we pray, mm -hmm. but I'm going to keep praying through the yucky stuff. 
Well, and sometimes it feels like, because I've been in that place of, of anger towards God and not necessarily just on my own behalf, but also on behalf of the world. Like yes. if God answers prayers, yes. why is there so much suffering? Amen. If God answers prayers, why is there so much greed yes. and power structures that keep the most vulnerable people down in right. this world? Like how can I believe that God answers prayers when I see so much evil surrounding us and it feels like the evil is winning? (laughs) Yeah, it feels like that. I don't believe evil is winning for a minute, but it does feel like that. And when we see the news and we see conflicts and strife and famine and pestilence and war, yeah, it does seem like evil is winning. I don't believe evil is winning. I believe that God ultimately has the victory, but that's part of our human conditioning. And um, I believe that we as Christians are to pray for the world, that we are to be light and we are to be salt and we are to work for justice and we are to work for compassion and to pray in those situations. Um, The suffering question, the how can God allow this? And when you're praying to help, you know, you want to help alleviate, eliminate somebody's suffering. To me, that's the biggest, for me personally, that's the biggest stumbling block. And um, without going into, you know, too much, you know, personal, but, you know, my mom just passed away on November the 25th. And I'm good with death. I believe death is the ultimate healing. Um, it's the suffering part. And I'm just going to be honest, my mom suffered. She had Lewy body dementia. It was not pretty. And so what do you pray? God, you know, alleviate this pain, eliminate this suffering. It just seems so cruel. It seems so needless. Same thing with my dad who had, you know, 10 tumors in his brain before he passed, uh, 14 years ago. That's the part, um, that is so for me personally, as a person who prays pretty fervently, fervently is suffering. Mm-hmm. Watching someone suffer what I think is needless. Yeah. I don't understand that. And my own theology has really been, really been um, challenged. My brother-in-law, after my mom passed, we went to his parents' funeral it was a memorial mass because his folks both had passed away previously. And in December, we flew to um, the services. And it was, I was talking about my mom's uh, suffer, suffering and death. Um, and he said, Karen, I think you're suffering from P- PTSD. And I said, you know what? I think you're right. And I mm-hmm. said, no, I'm not mad at God. I prayed throughout the situation. We honored her will and her wishes. And death was a welcome relief. I said, but it's the suffering. It's the suffering of why. And his mom had, um, his mom had a a stroke induced Alzheimer's and she lived eight years and didn't know anyone. And the last couple of years were horrible. And we were just talking about that. And we really got into a really great discussion with myself and his brothers and talking about where is God in that suffering? Yeah. Why can't we just push the fast forward button and get to the ultimate healing, the yeah. peace? The I don't have the answers to all those questions, but it did really, we had good conversation, um, which is helpful. I mean, we don't, we don't get to push the easy button. Now, was God with me in that suffering? Absolutely. Can I look back now and see where God was 
but I'm still, I still haven't worked all that out. And I'm sure that I'm sure you do have PTSD from that because I will say like my, when my grandmother died in 2020, it was not as prolonged as with your mom. Um, and so you were in it for a long time. For me, it was the the last 24 hours of her life. I had the privilege of staying in the hospital with her and taking care of her and being the person to be there. And there are moments I have yet to be able to talk about mm. because they were traumatic, traumatic. to see her. Yeah. Um, and it's just the thing that you throw up your hands and you say, like, God, what can I do? Right. What can I do? Just tell me a helplessness. what to do to stop this. And like some of the things that she said to me, and I just wanted to like rip my own heart out and put it in her chest so that she could have some comfort. Mm. And um. I don't know. I mean, I guess looking back on it, it was a time of prayer because I felt, like you said, so helpless. But I think that I have some PTSD from that one 24 hours Mm -hmm. of that Mm -hmm. experience. And I'm glad that on one hand that I got to be there with her and experience that with her. But it is a burden that I carry that I don't know what to do with. I need therapy is yeah. what I need. Yeah. But I'm sure that because you were you were in this for a long time and there's trauma with that. And we're just constantly praying and praying and right. praying right. and nothing changes. Yeah. And it is it's not the doubt of where is God, but it's why? Why, Why did does it this have, have to happen? Exactly. And I still, I'm still <laughs> wrestling with that. I'll wrestle with it till I die and, you know, have have read the scriptures. And as I said, it's not a fear of, of dying, but the element of suffering in mm-hmm. all forms. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lady in my life group right now who's on hospice with stage four pancreatic cancer, whom I love dearly. And walking this journey over the past year has been very difficult and our life group is praying and so many are praying. She's not going to, we know how this story is going to end. Mm -hmm. She's at peace with that, but it's still difficult, even though she's surrounded by prayer, even though you know God is present, even though her heart is so fully open to God and, um, It's hard to watch someone go through chemo and radiation and the highs and the lows and the, and we have surrounded and laid hands on her and prayed for her. And, and, you know, so many people around, honestly, the country and we, yet we know she will not recover from this disease. Mm -hmm. She's in the last stages And you think, okay, I'm praying God. Am I praying for her physical healing? Yes. Is that going to happen? No, it's not going to happen in this case. Does it happen sometimes? Sure. And I'm quick to give God credit, I hope, when miracles happen. But sometimes the circle of life and circumstances with frail and mortal bodies, they're suffering. And that's what's so difficult to watch. And I know God is in it and through it. And my prayer is just always for peace that passes understanding. Um, as we've talked in other, you know, podcasts and settings, there's a thin veil between this world and the next. And, um, I don't understand how all that kind of 
you know, com- comes to be, who who gets a pass and who doesn't and who has the, you know, you go to sleep one night and you just don't wake up and others go through months of, you know, treatments. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I believe in the power of prayer and I believe that, um, that she, and she has felt these prayers this past year, which is a comfort. Um, so I believe that there's what a lot mean? of reasons to what pray. What do you mean when she says she, when you say she's felt the prayer? She is, she has said numerous times, I feel, I think it's the support. It's the love, knowing you're not alone, knowing that others are praying for you. I mean, scientifically, there is data to support people who go through trauma and traumatic illness and um, hard things who have a faith in, in Jesus Christ, who believe in the power of prayer, recover faster, uh, have better attitudes, just the whole dynamic of of illness and recovery and all of that scientifically is proven um, to have an effect on healing and recovery. Now, some of that may be um, just because you feel love and support from your community. And so maybe it has to do with depression or I don't know, but I believe that God is in that. And I believe when, when, you know, in this case, it's Carolyn. When Carolyn says, I feel your prayers, I have felt that. I have felt, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Not only is God with me, the community of faith is with me. And so when I say, I feel your prayers, because I have this last month, there's been, I didn't feel very Christmassy. I didn't feel very um, holiday festive this past um, uh, Advent and Christmas season. And I felt those prayers like, I'm going to get through this. It stinks. It's not how I would have scripted my mom's, my mom's, you know, uh, passing. Um, but there's just a, an assurance, almost like the the angel army <laughs> is surrounding you. Uh, so it's kind of a supernatural, holy kind of vibe mm. when someone says, I feel your prayers. I felt that. Mm. Could you give me some examples of times that, because it, it feels like a lot of the prayer that we're talking about feels like you mentioned more ambiguous um, and having to sit in uncertainty mm-hmm. and just pray, God be with me, give me spiritual healing, whatever it is. Do you have any examples of prayers of yours that you know have been answered and how you knew that? Mm. Well, I- I'm going to harken back. A long time. Um, like thinking of who you're going to marry. I didn't marry till I was 34 and had lots of blind dates. And um, I feel like when I was praying about, is this, is this the person that I need to marry? Is this the situation? I knew I wasn't perfect. <laughs> Dan wasn't perfect. But there was just a peace. There was just a piece that, yeah, this is this is the next right thing. And um, that's just one example after having, you know, dated for many, many years and lots of different persons and asking God um, to kind of reveal that. So that's that's one prayer. Career choice. 
is another. I mean, you know, kind of the big rocks in my life. Um, I kind of had a plan that didn't include working full-time in a church or being ordained. And um, I believe that God puts people in our lives. My prayer has always been, God, just keep me in your will and guide my path. Because I'm too, and you're going to have to make it really obvious because I'm too thick-headed and um, I'm not very intuitive. <laughs> so I, I, need, I need real clear direction. Now, did that always come lightning bolts and voices in the night? Absolutely not. But I felt like truly God was closing doors and opening windows and redirecting and shifting. And it was such a gradual walking with God until it was like, oh, my gosh, I am somewhere I never at 20 years old expected to be. Never. It was never even on the radar. And so that kind of just praying, okay, God, guide my steps, direct my path, help, you know, me um, do what you want me to do, basically. Help me to discern your will for my life. Now, have I stumbled, bumbled, and, and not done that? Absolutely. But once I kind of arrived at this, you know, calling, it was just a piece. Like, is it going to be perfect? No. Am I going to be perfect? No. But there was just an assurance. So a lot of those kind of momentous decisions in my life were just, there was enough ambiguity that I just really needed um, to pray my way through. Is this really going to work out? And if it doesn't, I always had that God's going to be with me, even if it doesn't work out, even if I need to, you know, pivot. Um, so it's kind of like an assurance, like I don't have to make every decision myself or, or have the right answers because I don't have a crystal ball. I can only do what I think God is, is nudging me or supporting me in right now. And conversely, there have been situations where I was perhaps dating someone that it was like, wow, nothing is going right. It's too, it seems difficult or toxic or unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And then that would be my, this is not the right situation. Or I, I interned at a, a TV station when I was in college, thought maybe I wanted to be a news anchor at one point. And it was so clear during that internship, I would, I could never do this. I would never want to do this. And, you know, kind of praying my way through, what would this even look like? And it just be, I felt like God was just saying, this is not your personality. This is not your, I don't know. I just think the, the kind of, like I said, big rocks, things in my life that I've really gotten on my knees and said, God, you, you have to point me, you have to help me. It's a closing doors. Mm kind of scenario. There might be someone listening or someone sitting across the table from you right now <laughs> <laughs> wondering how do you how do you get to that place of assurance? Because I think that that's what we all want to feel sure. in our big decisions mm -hmm. is that we are being guided, that we are listening to what God wants for us and have that feeling of the net we know that this is the next right step. How do you get to that point? Because how how do you stop second guessing yourself and um, questioning the paths that are opened up to you? Well, I don't I don't want to misrepresent like it's like crystal clear and angels singing and birds chirping and it's like oh yes you know door number two that's it. Uh, it's not quite that, 
But say when I made the decision um, to, to come to Texas and go to seminary and, you know, I didn't even at the, that point know that I would be in full-time ordained ministry. That was not my plan or my goal, even when I came to Dallas to go to Perkins School of Theology. But again, kind of praying my way through and doing the next what I thought right thing. And sometimes I would do something and it just didn't feel right. And asking God to direct my steps and guide my path. Even when I moved here from Nashville, I did so with such trepidation. There was no real clarity. It was basically a leap of faith because I feel like if I've got this much faith, you know, two inches of faith and four inches of doubt, hopefully if I keep moving in this direction, the four inches of doubt will diminish and the faith and and the confidence in the decision becomes more substantial. And so when I moved here, I told my friends and, you know, the, uh, the, the company I was working for, I may be back. I don't know if this is the right thing, but I feel like this is what I need to do. I got to Dallas and I didn't, you know, knew very few folks. And, um, I remember I was just kind of driving somewhere and like just talking like out loud to God, did I make the right decision? This is crazy. You know, I'm not sure this is what I need to be doing. Give me some, give me some signs, help me. And I turned on the radio and I did not know it was a Christian station. And what they were talking about was exactly what I need to hear. That's how I feel God kind of affirms my prayers is when Mm -hmm. I'm asking, God doesn't always give me clear signs, but when I pray, God, is this the right decision? Is this the right move? Is this the right job? Is this the right person? Is this the right whatever? It doesn't always come immediately. But if I'm like, right now, my gut feels, it feels right. This feels like a good decision. Before too long, I'll, I'll know whether, you know, like to your point, maybe I need, I have gone to plenty of counselors in my life and ministry. I'm a big proponent of professionals that can help me uh, sift through and take off my blinders and give me another perspective. So I'm all for mental health professionals. Um, maybe it's talking to a friend or um, a church member, or I don't know, God will put the right people in my path, it seems, to kind of help me understand or give me a perspective or challenge my thought or ideology. Um, So if I made it sound like everything is just so confident and, oh, I said a prayer, and then the next day it was like, yes, that's it. No, it's never been that way. It's just been a kind of a guide my steps, Lord, um, keep me in your will, keep me in your way. And I've fallen off that so many times, but I do have the confidence that God's going to kind of not, you know, Wesley calls it moving on to perfection. I am not perfect by any stretch and won't be this side of heaven, but I do have an assurance that as long as I'm seeking that, I do feel like I'm trying to do my part, though I fall woefully short and I feel like God hears that prayer. And so I'm kind of, um, I just feel like the the Holy Spirit takes that prayer and kind of guides me. Well, turning to scripture, um, what are some of the examples that we see of God answering prayers in scripture or revealing to us the purpose of prayer? Well, Matthew talks, Jesus talks a lot about prayer. You're talking about in the New Testament. Anywhere. Anywhere. 
Well, even before, you know, Christ made it on the scene, there were all kinds of prayers to gods and idols and um, offerings um, to God. I think throughout time, no matter the, um, the country, the religion, people have realized there's a higher being <laughs> and it's not me. You know, we just got back from Vietnam uh, after Christmas break. We got to go visit some friends and, and see that country. And I was just in awe. Um, there's Buddhism. There's um, Hinduism. There's um, influences from lots of Chinese religions and temples and altars and um incense burning everywhere of people lifting up their prayers. And it was really, and there's Catholic churches as well. There's not Protestant, but we saw Catholic churches because that's been the influence. It's a communist country. They just can't have, you know, missionaries come in. So anyway, it was fascinating to me. I'm probably digressing, but the idea of praying has been in every, (laughs) every major religion that I'm familiar with that we open ourselves up to the deity and realize that there's more to life. (laughs) There's more to mortality than just right now. So in our scriptures, in our faith tradition, um, throughout, we cry out to Yahweh God, uh, knowing that uh, we're really nothing (laughs) in the vastness of creation, yet God knows us and loves us. But throughout the Old Testament, my goodness, the Psalms that, that David wrote, crying out to God and its supplication and its adoration and its contrition and thanksgiving and all these things that you know, we pray to God um, happened in the Old Testament. And then Jesus in the book of Matthew teaches us how to pray and tells us that we're not to pray like the hypocrites. We're not to pray for show. We're not to pray to, oh, aren't we so great? Uh, We're to pray. We're to pray sincerely. We're to pray genuinely, not to be showy. Because I think God knows our heart and God just wants a relationship with us. And prayer is the... um, best way to communicate and to have a conversation that's two-way, not just one way, with God. You you mentioned um, at the beginning of this episode that this is a very loaded question. Um, so if someone is asking the question, why does God answer some prayers and not others, what do you think is at the root of that question? Why are they asking? I think a lot of times it's because people think if I can change something in me to get my prayer answered, if I need to do something, if there's some something that I could do to get my prayer answered in the way that I want, then I want to know what that is. If there's some secret that you can fill me in on, um, then I want to know what that is. Because we've all heard and believed people who have experienced miracles giving God credit, and you think, I want that. I want that for my my parent, my kid, my friend, myself. How come their prayer was answered? They were healed. They were blessed. They won the lottery. Whatever. 
Um, so I really believe that's at the root of it is what is the key to getting my prayer answered? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of envy in there, seeing other people, assuming that their prayers are answered. I also think it's, it's um, who is God and like what is our relationship with God might be at the root of it. Because if I'm asking why does God answer some prayers and not others, I, I think what I'm really asking is where is God in all of this? Is mm-hmm. God actually, if there are 7 billion people on this planet, just this planet, mm-hmm. not to mention like potentially other planets mm-hmm. that could be in other universes yes. that have, mm-hmm. yeah, life, is God hearing every single individual prayer and making decisions about our lives each individually? Like, does God really hear me? Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't feel like God hears me. Mm-hmm. I see that God is hearing this person, kind of the envy thing yeah. of like their their prayers are getting answered, but mine are not. Mm-hmm. Um how big is this God and how is God deciding who gets God's ear? I I think there's a lot of insecurity and uncertainty with this question. Yeah, I think so too. I don't have an easy answer for that, but to your point, do I think God hears prayers? Absolutely. God uh, wants a relationship with us and I believe God does hear our prayers. Um, the deeper issue that you're raising is if I pray in a situation, um, is God going to change a situation based on my prayer? It's like, how does this work really? Can you explain to me like exactly how all of this, like what's the process (laughs) behind prayer and how can I make sure I'm doing it the best way that I possibly can to Mm -hmm. feed into this process? it's really heavy, and I think that it it's is. just it. It's from heavy hearts. I don't think that we're asking this question if we're we're not struggling, right? Well, if we if we have a third grade Sunday school answer, then we're not going to go any deeper. Mm-hmm. But because we've lived some years yeah. <laughs> and we've seen how things unfold for the you know the rain falls on the just and the unjust, it's mm-hmm. just how things go. But I do believe that God does give us a beautiful model in the Lord's Prayer, in the book of Matthew. He talks a lot about prayer and that it's it's more than just asking <laughs> and expecting a, an answer, mm-hmm. a concrete, you know, tangible answer. Uh, it's all those things of how do I pray, Lord, when the disciples say, and he says, you know, you thank me, you praise me. Pr- prayer can, is worship. It's confession, mm-hmm. which we don't do such a good job, myself included, and and even in our worship services, we don't kind of like to go to the wormwood and the gall and the mm-hmm. sin and um, our part, but that's an important part of prayers. Lord, where have I failed you? God, forgive me for my selfish nature. Forgive me for ignoring you other than when I need something. You know, so confession's a big part. Um, there are components to prayer, and Jesus lines that out in the Lord's Prayer. So I think it's all of those things. And I think often we reduce it to, you know, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food or a bedtime prayer instead of life 
as prayer, as John Wesley was um, so good to kind of teach us breath prayers and, you know, asking God to be with us in our breathing in and our breathing out, that it's it encompasses so much. Well, within the Lord's Prayer, so it it in Scripture, people were actually asking Jesus, how should we pray? Mm-hmm. And Jesus had a very specific answer for them. What was it in the Lord's Prayer that would have been um, different from what they had known of prayer in the past? Was it everything that they had already known just condensed into one little package? Or was there something new and different about the Lord's Prayer that changed the way we interact with God in our prayer lives? I don't know. I mean, you know, as Jesus ended that prayer, uh, you know, as on earth as it is in heaven, that was probably unique (laughs) in that um, Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God to earth and the distance between heaven and earth was kind of filled in. And so God wasn't just uh, out there more. I mean, God was a personal God. And God came so that hopefully heaven is, is um, I mean, earth rather, is, is a reflection of heaven, the kingdom of God here on earth and our participation in God's kingdom instead of we are the, the lowly mortals and God is, you know, over us, so to speak, is a more punitive kind of God. Jesus changed that relationship and was a loving man, a, a loving manifestation of God mm-hmm. who became flesh. So that would be something that I w- would jump out at me. But I mean, that honest, one little phrase on earth as it is in heaven is kind of the manifestation of God with us. Right. Right. And that which would, is a new concept, a new concept. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. My last question, how can we improve our prayer life knowing that we might not receive what we're asking for? Mm. That, is, that is a great question. Um, there's, there, Richard Foster has done a lot of great work on prayer. I can recommend uh, anything that he, he's written on prayer. There's, there's so many wonderful uh, theologians and, and writers on prayer. My my thought is, if you're not a person who prays, and I hear this all the time, I don't pray in public. I don't, don't, don't call me to pray. That's something I'm not comfortable with. If we could break prayer down to its kind of most rudimentary conversation with a friend, start there and realize that when you have a conversation with a friend, we may have very different ideas. We may have very different thoughts on a subject. But when we just open ourselves to conversation, there's a richness in that. Now, in prayer, we're not going to necessarily hear an audible voice. We're not going to have that kind of back and forth. But if we can sit in the silence, God will reveal God's self in different ways, whether it's through people, whether it's through the changing of our heart, the enlightenment of our mind, um, calm <laughs> in a chaotic situation prayer brings calm like like meditation um so i would my my thoughts are if we're not confident with prayer practice 
practice because we become better at things we practice. If it's just simple, short prayers. If I'm going to want to be better at uh, tennis, I may not, I'm clearly not ever going to be a tennis pro, but if I want to get better at something, I'm, I'm going to practice it. So if I think there's something to prayer, which I think everybody does. I mean, I've met people that aren't even Christians that aren't even faithful, but when the going gets tough, I've heard them say, I'm going to pray about that or pray for the world. I don't know who they're praying to, but I believe that we all have this inner need to worship to, like I said, we're, I think everybody knows there's some form of God and, and it's not us. Um, Atheists might disagree with you. That's true, but I've known one that I, I swear when the going got tough said, I'm going to try this prayer thing, <laughs> um, that we, we practice that and, and realize that I may not get what I'm seeking, but there's probably going to be some value, and my analogy was poor, but of the tennis player, I'm still going to get the health benefit. I'm still going to have the social benefit, yeah. even if I'm not a rock star tennis player, even if we don't think we're going to stand up and pray um, in an assembly hall realizing that God's going to change me. God might change the situation. God is working in that situation. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's not the answer you're looking for, but, um, sometimes we, we do what we, we do what we think might help us or others with the best of intentions. Mm -hmm. And, um, knowing that I don't know anybody that could say every prayer they've ever prayed has been answered in a, in a way that they could 100% Quantify. say, yeah, yeah. Th- this, I prayed for this and this happened. It, you know, I don't know anybody that says that, but I don't know people who, who pray, who I've never met someone who said, I think my prayers are in vain. Hmm. If we pray, there's going to be a benefit somehow, some way, someday. It just might not be in the way we wanted, in the time we wanted, but I still think there's value. Well, thank you. That's all I have today. Thanks, Karen. Thanks. Next time, give me easier questions. I will never give you easier (laughs) questions. Never. It's too fun. Thank you. The Life Plus God podcast is hosted, written, and produced by me, Alyssa Robinson, and sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church in Flower Mound, Texas. If you live in the Flower Mound area, I invite you to stop by and see if Treach could be your new church family. You can learn more about all of our programs and events at tmumc.org. And I hope to catch you next week for our next episode of the Life Plus God podcast.